0: what's up and welcome to my internet abode i'm your host javon massey and you're listening to the Workaholic wisdom podcast where we build create and inspire others to walk out their god-given purpose in life hi guys and welcome back to this month's episode i am having a very real and insightful conversation with a former classmate and friend of mine who is a therapist in marriage and family. I wanted to talk to her about post-grad depression and even though it's not clinically proven yet it's starting to get talked about and so I really wanted to get her perspective and her knowledge and her expertise on it and doing the conversation it turns in a good way to things that she brought up that I didn't even think about relating to the African-American community and myself and I kind of get a mini therapy session in this conversation and I really wanted to wait till this month to put it up because it's Black History Month and I really thought it would be a perfect fit for this. Now, disclaimer, the audio is not great. My phone was trying to record it and the software I used wasn't that great. I know that. I'm aware. I'm still a girl's laptop and a mic so I'm still trying to work with what I have and make it the best it can be. So I won't be offended if you decided to turn it off because the audio is gross but just let you know it is there and I'm aware of it and I'm trying to fix it. With that said, I really hope you enjoy this. Um, The conversation didn't record all the way. So when it starts, it's going to be right after I ask the question to start the conversation and then it goes from there. So throughout, I hope that you get fed off this conversation. There's a lot of gems that Ariel drops and I hope that you get what I got and more. Enjoy.
1: I feel like it's a big question of like, oh, is this um is this post grad depression? I think it could be some of that. I think it can also be some of your own stuff of like, you know, rejection after rejection after rejection, and you're working so hard, and you're talented, and you understand like what you're missing. Like, I think all of that can contribute to um to like some of what you were feeling, you know? Yeah. And so. I, uh, yeah, but definitely, whenever we have big transitions, like, depressions that would kind of come around, especially if we tend to lean more that way anyway. So, there's, a, so that's kind of, like, a big question. Like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of factors
2: that kind of go into it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, do you have any specific you, questions? Or? Yeah, I was going to say, um, do you think it's something that's growing, like, as in, like when you say, like you needed a skill, do you mean like life skills to like really handle it? Like I'm trying, I'm writing notes, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you mean like when you say skills, like in a sense mm-hmm. of like as a person, like with people, or like skilled in handling, like your like self awareness? Uh, I
1: think self awareness. I I think of like, I mean, anytime, so, like what we call like managing like emotional distress is like you know regulating the emotion like so how can we how can we regulate our emotions well well we learned it first emotional emotional regulation from our parents and so like always like to look at like oh my mom totally handled stress like she didn't really process anything of like what she felt even if a serious thing happened but yet she just kept moving which like so um whenever like we, like, we learn our emotional regulation skills from our parents, like, first and foremost, you know? And then we kind of, like, build a little bit on our own based off of, like, social learning, like, peer relationships, and then other relationships we have outside of, like, family and friends. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, like, but not all of us have, like, good resources for that. You know? So, like, people mm-hmm. who especially come from, like, really, like, like, I think that, especially if you come from, like, lower socioeconomic status and, like, you have, like, less education and there's going to be less emo- emotional regulation skills. And that's just kind of, like, ballparking a theory. I don't want to say that's definite for sure. But, like, that's usually what that can look like. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and so, anyways, skills that, you know, but there are some skills that we kind of, like, learn, like, oh, this is something that – um like, we learn, we we have, we develop these skills, and sometimes they're, like, really productive, and sometimes they're not. So, like, the really productive skill, like, when managing depression is, like, still, you know, getting yourself out there, still going and doing things, like, having structure in your day and, like, being around people is really good. But what's not good is having a lot of, like, promiscuous sex and, all the drugs and all the alcohol, like that kind of party culture, mm-hmm. and that's an that's an unpopular opinion, by the way. So I I will acknowledge that, <laughs> you know, because it's like, well, our culture is our dating culture is kind of like that. Well, yeah, but doesn't mean it's healthy. So um, <laughs> so anyways, so I think yeah, some those so skills is like something that like we can, we definitely will learn through our lives. Some skills are like, oh, we will work for us for a while, but then we realize, like, oh, we might need to try something different. Like, it helps, but there's just something, there's something else that helps, too. Like, there's there's always other things that you might feel work better for you,
2: you know? And, yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, what I'm, I think what I'm trying to ask is, like, if I notice, like, do you think it would be better if you were taught those things ahead of time? Like, oh, yeah, it
1: makes life much, yeah. much easier. Oh, yeah. I think that like we don't, uh there's a lot going on. I think the way America does things like the individual culture does not sustain us. Because like, um if we had like better community and healthy community, and we did relationships well, then like, literally, like that's like how we, we learn to regulate our own emotions through other people. Like that's like, that's just how we do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever a child is crying the child doesn't go running in the room by itself, but it usually will run to mom or dad to give them a hug to, like, regulate them. So, like, I think about how that could be, that's, like, I feel like that's, like, just addressing a bigger issue. of like, you know, we should be doing, um, we should be, like, putting ourselves in healthier healthy community and, like, also being kind of, like, like, I think you kind of hit the part of, like, Having a little bit of awareness about yourself. Like, oh, I know I'm feeling this way. So, like, this isn't, this doesn't feel like normally me. Like, before it gets like super low, like, mm-hmm. you're bit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, um, so this is like, this is like not usually how I feel. Like, I don't know what this is about. And then, like, having a, like, a safe place to process. It doesn't even have to be a therapist. Honestly, it could be just a friend that is trusting and, like, can validate your experience, you know? And, yeah. um, and I think that, that helps a
2: lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think that because even and see, I um. Oh my goodness, I can't even remember. Oh, I was watching. I was watching a TED talk, and it was this guy talking about like why people get into depression and this. And he broke it down in a really well mannered way, mm-hmm. um, and he said that right now, with like population, like our society. You, 30 percent like we're at the loneliest we've ever been to 30 percent of the population is lonely like they don't have a circle they don't have any individual culture (laughs) and I'm like oh my goodness I think I'm one of them and it's not like I did it on purpose but it's like I think he's right because we're so alone now because of the individual culture I said, I think it's you don't think to be self-aware. You don't think to, like, look at yourself and then, like, oh, my goodness, like, mm-hmm. this is how I handle this. It's not healthy. And then when you don't catch it, it's like you kind of get into a cycle and you fall. Um Yeah. And that's why I think it's really important, especially for college students, um, to really be self-aware because mm-hmm. I really feel like this is a thing. Cause from what I've seen, even with just UCA, and the people mm-hmm. that I saw, um, very few have been, are in a place where they want to be. Like very few, and it's people with mm-hmm. a lot of help. And now that you said that, it's kind of like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Now that I think about it, the people that are like not stuck, but like not where they want, are the people mm-hmm. that like, kind of stay by themselves and I noticed mm-hmm. the people who know that people know what they want to be and they talked about it they were like well I had help from this professor
0: mm-hmm. and, I can,
2: and I was able to do this and do this and do this and me and my friends and if they moved they moved with friends and like I was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh that like put all the pieces together <laughs> yeah like said it like that. I don't know why you yeah. of it like that
1: well I mean it's easy to, it's easy to not think that way like I mean, something I learned, because, like, I, uh, so my degree is in marriage and family therapy, and my master's degree is, and so we, like, we study relationships, and, like, it makes so much more sense whenever I was there, because I was, like, oh, my gosh, we are so relational. We literally come into this world out of another person, and, like, we learn how to, like, be social, and, like, how to, like, we learn all of our social things from, like, mom and dad, and, like any t- parental figure, because I don't want to, you know, be exclusive to only people, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: There's people who don't, who are adopted and they don't ever know their biological parents. But there's always, like, some kind of, like, maternal, paternal figure, like, in our lives. And so, yeah, and if you look at, like, you know, other cultures who do community well, like, and see how, like, they thrive and they don't really struggle with like depression and anxiety like we would. I everything mean, would struggle in it but it'd be in a different way. Does it make sense? Like mm-hmm. they yeah. they would have like the support <laughs> of the community <laughs> like regulate them. And like um and they, they would feel like usually if the if the relationship is healthy then they feel safer and yeah. And so it's like easier to talk about and like there's always going to be times where, you know, things are going to work out the way we want it to, but, like, the way we cope is, like, you know, someone being there to be encouraging and say, hey, it's going to be okay, you know, it's, like, you're figuring it out, you're doing the best you can, like, you just need someone to encourage us
2: through it, you know? Yeah, for real. And another part I wanted to talk about was because, you know, someone who's grown up in a church or who goes to church, um, Yeah. you know, a follower of Christ this is something Mm -hmm. that's not really talked about either and Mm -hmm. I know like now that we're like getting like I know a lot of churches and pastors and like I don't think Christians are in a place where they're like yeah seeing a therapist is okay like it's okay if you're not okay and Mm -hmm. for me like even now being grown it's like Is it okay, though? Because it kind of feels like, like, in the the perspective of someone who's in, say, like, having, Mm -hmm. like, being, not like, I don't think stuck, but, like, kind of, like, hesitant to, like, be, like, admitting to it and being like, is it okay if I'm in this spot? Like, is it? Yeah, is it cool to be here? Because I feel like if I don't, then I'm being a bad Christian because I'm not trusting God. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, like these things are real, and I'm really experiencing them.
1: Like,
2: yeah. Any thoughts on that? Because I feel like oh yeah, the more people talk about it, the more like the awareness comes out, and the more that it's like it's okay, guys. Like Mm -hmm. it'll be okay. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, um. So i I like to look at like particular groups of people that say that uh, that therapy is kind of more like taboo um I don't know if you were thinking this, but I see a lot more people of color not going to therapy versus non people's color yeah mm-hmm. and I, and I think that is because of like there's like systemic oppression that happens like yeah. in our mental health field that has happened and like um, and so there's like kind of like a fear, I think, of like, oh, well, they're going to just try to tell me that my son is crazy. Whereas little Jimmy, white boy Jimmy over there, is just like, oh, he just has ADHD. But then my son is like, but like, with my son being ADHD, then it's like a lot worse because he's seen as a threat and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's like, I think there's that kind of specific aspect to it. Um, mm-hmm. But if we're going to talk about just specifically Christian, and everything, um, regardless of, like, race, ethnicity, I think about how, um, like, God, he, he definitely, he was a God of, like, like, everything that he is, everything that is good is from him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's, like, what it talks about in the Bible. Like, he is good. He is inherently good. And so therapy, therapy is not the end all. Not, a, definitely not. Like, therapy doesn't mean you'll, if you go, doesn't mean that you'll, you solve all, like, issues that have ever happened in the entire world. Like, I wish, but no, that's not it. That's really what Jesus be for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah.
1: and yeah. so you have to have more faith in the Lord in that part. <laughs> but, right. um, but the thing is, is that, like, I think about how God gives us medicine. Like, if our, but he also, like, he gives us, sorry, take that, let me take the back, okay. He Says, like, yeah, we should be like, face, like, walk in faith with him. But also, he gives us like practical wisdom. So, like, he gives us medicine for a fever. Like, if I have a two year old or a newborn with a fever, and I can be praying over my newborn. But if I don't, but the Lord doesn't want me just to sit here and not give my, take my newborn to the hospital for a fever. Because if I, if I don't take him to the hospital, then like, the kid could have like go blind or deaf or something you know what I mean because it's like serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so I just think about like God gives us wisdom and literally the book of Proverbs is a lot of wisdom <laughs> he gives us practical things that he right. wants us to do you know like and so yeah I believe that we can walk in faith as well as like you know we do what we can to um, do our part as far as like taking care of ourselves and making sure like We have our resources lined up in order, but also we trust God in the midst of that. Like, okay, Lord, like, here I am going to do this. I'm going to, I'm struggling with this anxiety, and I'm going to go in therapy, and I'm going to trust that you're going to give me some kind of, like, freedom and
2: some revelation in this.
1: You know what I mean? Like, so it's like inviting God into that process. And I think that helps.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now, do you, this is like a side note question that's branching off, this particular part, but do you think just as like if someone's listening to this and they're considering therapy that is a Christian, do you think they a therapist, like should they research a therapist that's also a Christian, or do you think because mm-hmm. of the field it should kinda of just kinda of be like flat space? Like you know what I mean? Like it kind of be like Yeah. They should be comfortable to go to anybody?
1: Um I think it really just depends on the values of the individual. Um I think there's some people like I think that God can use anyone. I really do. I don't think that He is saying, "Oh, only Christians can only get help from Christian therapists." Like, um, and even like atheists can only get help from non-Christians. Like I totally believe that. Like, like as because I am a Christian therapist, so technically, like, well, I just, well I guess it depends on like how you market yourself. Because I can market myself as like, "Oh, I'm a therapist." who is Christian. So I'll integrate faith as much as you want me to. But if you don't want me to integrate faith, then I won't. But, you know, I can still be helpful. You know what I mean? Because I have, like, clinical understanding right? how symptoms and stuff work. Um, But I think about, you know, if you really value, like, talking about your faith and talking about God, then someone who's not a, a Christian probably won't be super helpful you know mm-hmm. yeah and so like but if you don't like oh well faith isn't that important to you like I mean faith is important but you're more of like a cultural Christian versus like a you know what I mean like a mm-hmm. personal yeah. relationship kind of Christian yeah. then you know then maybe it's okay regardless I think you just as much as you want to incorporate your, your faith into it so
2: that's good. That I totally agree with that 100% because I, yeah. um, I totally rela- – yeah, because I have a friend who she um, was highly considering it, but she was very concerned. And as a friend, I mean an actual friend, not myself. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe you as an actual friend, not you. Yeah. Really
2: I was telling her, I mean, like, so I'm really glad that you said that, because I was like, I don't know how much she can take from me saying it, but I was trying to say the similar thing, like, it depends on your values, like, where you are, yeah. you walk, and yeah. if that person can help you with that, um, because she, the church that she goes to, her pastor to therapy, mostly for, like, marriage counseling, and, they yeah. But she was like, I don't want to tell him all my stuff. I said, I understand that because that's very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she
1: can always see cushioned bearers outside of the church.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I said that too because I know even today we still got those people who believe the opposite and it's just like, um, yeah. Maybe you should go see someone. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing and um, yeah, I think that is just so important. And so I'm very, I totally agree in what you said. And so I hope I'm not keeping you long because no, it's thing, the People of color thing. One thing on my mm-hmm. podcast, I really like that. I'm very upfront. I'm like, you're getting basically, it's about my journey trying to like get my life together to an extent because God's in control, obviously, I've had very, a lot of life lessons of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so you're hearing it from the perspective of a young black female. So, yeah. So, like, my struggle, like, so, I know that everyone in, like, my target audience is, like, people from, like, 18 to, like, mid-30s, mm-hmm. um, kind of going through the same thing. It's for the late, like, my my target, is like the late bloomers, or just people who just need to pick me up in life. And yeah. So we we're probably not going to always relate on the same issues and the same experiences. Oh, no, because we're,
1: we're affected systemically, we're affected differently systemically.
2: Right, and so it's like, I hope, that's one thing I do want to push on. Like, I want to be unapologetic, unapologetic, oh my gosh, the word can't come out. But I want to be myself to a full extent without having to explain myself really. And one yeah. thing I do want to not shy away from is bringing the awareness that people of color like the experiences and the hardships that they go through not that yeah people of the non-minority race <laughs> don't go through but it's just kind of like this is a but, thing that needs to be heard because yeah today we're still in situations where apparently people still aren't getting it and i'm gonna say yeah. that most people can so yeah um yeah when you mentioned that people of color Really don't go to see therapists as much as Mm -hmm. non people Mm -hmm. (laughs) of color. Um, It really kind of just like opened up some questions because yeah, my parents, my especially my mom, grew up in a household of Mm -hmm. like what's in the house stays in the house. If you're young, Mm -hmm. that's grown folks business. You don't ask about it. If something Mm -hmm. happening, you just shut up and deal with it and move on. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a thing of. Um, and that really came from my great-grandmother. Yes. Yeah. like, even – now my parents are a little more open. They're like, if you need to say something, like, please say something. Like, if you need to bring our attention to something, please say it. Um, mm-hmm. But even just growing up outside of my house, going to a public school, even in college, it's, I've noticed it's like we don't talk about it. We just let it go. It stays within our circle. We don't, you know, whatever Yeah. And stay angry. Yeah. Um. I really would like to hear your thoughts on that because that is something that I feel like needs to be brought out and changed because that's going to change.
1: Yeah. Talked about. Yeah, definitely. Um. So, so I like so I I think systemically, like I have to think from like, like we're not we don't live in isolation. You know, we are affected by experience and affected by relationships and situations and all that kind of stuff. You know. So. I think about, like, Black culture, like, Black American culture, and how I, and this is my theory, I totally welcome anyone to push me back on this, but I feel like Black American culture is shaped around trauma. And I say that because, like, I think there's a lot of cultural things like, because, like, when you think about how, like, trauma affects families generationally, like, it's, it's, like, passed down through, like, social learning. Like, so, Think about how, you know, even just the simple like what g- our grandparents are the ones who like grew up in that era of like, you know, not be able to sit, you know, with white kids, you
0: mm-hmm. know, I mean? like, go
1: to the same school like so like that kind of stuff, right? And so then yes. like they so these our grandparents the were younger they had to learn that like white people aren't safe white people white people want to hurt us and they want um They don't care about us and they don't like us. And so we have to protect ourselves because if we're out too late, then we could get killed. Or if we hang around with the wrong person and they decide to get revenge on us, then like they could send us to jail or whatever, like by making a false accusation, like whatever it could be. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that we just learned that a lot of like, like white, like the white people, white culture is just like kind of unsafe. I think as like you know, so our so the children grow up that, like, learning that. And then pass down some of that to their children. And, you know, some of the children could absorb, but also times change where black and white people are hanging out a lot more and getting to know each other more. And so there's, like, a little bit less, like, fear about it. But there's still mm-hmm. some because stuff is still happening. And then, like, those kids grow up and have children where they pass down some of that fear also. You know, and, like, all the things that they learned about parenting from how they grew up and, you know what I mean? So, like, I think it just gets passed down. Um, And so when I think about therapy, I think about how – so therapy is usually, like, if you have ever, like, looked at the history of, like, psychology in general, like, it was oppressive to um, women and it was oppressive to – definitely lgbtqia plus community mm-hmm. um and definitely oppressive to people of color and um and so when i think about like and just specifically trying to say with the people of color even like the experiment oh man i'm trying to, now i'm forgetting what that experiment was called it was uh the syphilis thing where they infected they had a, they had a cure for syphilis but they wouldn't give it to the black people, but they wanted to see how it would like transform and like how it would go throughout their bodies. And this is more of like I guess it's more psychology more of just like science. But um but they wanted to see how syphilis like progressed in the bodies of these uh low income African Americans and like kept the cure away from them, whenever ethically they're not allowed to do that, you know. And mm-hmm. so anyways, all these people are like going blind um D's ridden, you know, and, like, uh, super sick and all that kind of stuff. And anyways, just put these people through hell, right? Yeah. And I think it was, like, in the 90s or something, Bill Clinton, like, apologized on behalf of that. I think it was called the PTSD pes- pes- experiment. I think it was that. That kicked me on that. But um, anyways. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, like, this is one thing that we don't trust (laughs) why we don't trust like the medical field because like a lot of people like what we see that's in power are a lot of white people and that's because of like they had the privilege of having education like whereas we try to achieve it but yet like they keep putting these barriers to where like we keep with you know we hit as a glass ceiling does it make sense Mm -hmm. and so like so, um, a lot of white people are in power, which, like, these white people who were raised with, like, these racist ideologies are going to be taking care of white people when they go to hospital, you know? And so, okay. like, and so, and that's just, like, speaking, like, from more back then versus now, because you see a lot more people of color in position now, thankfully. Um, but but still doesn't mean that the racist ideologies are gone within the white people that are still in power, you know? Okay. And so, I think <laughs> that is like, like, even... Um, and I want to speak from a perspective of just even talking about, like, I kind of made the point earlier about a white boy with ADHD versus a black boy with ADHD. And so whenever a psychologist has to do, like, a full, like, report on that and, like, send to the school so the school can make accommodations for it, the schools will look at this white kid and say, okay, oh, so he has ADHD, we'll make these accommodation. And then with the black kid, it's, like, more stigmatized because of his skin color, like, assuming that he'll be a threat. And, like, he's a problem child. You know what I mean? Versus, like, oh, he's struggling with, like, with biological things. It's just, like, you know, like he has a like lack of structure. He has trauma. There's a lot of biological stuff happening in his body that's, like, you know, keeping him from being able to focus in class and you know, keeping him from being able to um, be on task and not to act on impulse. And You know what I mean? Like there's, like, there's a lot behind it that, like, a lot of people like to overlook, especially with the black kids. And so, so, like, things like, like, diagnoses, like, follow us, like, for life, we bill insurance. And people don't know this, but it does. And it sounds kind of scary, but it's not really scary depending upon the job you have. So, like, for instance, um, if you are, if you want to be a pilot and you have any history of any kind of, like, medical, like, uh, medical, or excuse me, mental illness, medical illness, whatever, like, they will... Definitely document, great, especially with mental illness. Like if you have like a bipolar or something, which bipolar is more of a trauma disorder than a personality disorder. People don't understand that.
2: Oh, I had no yeah. Yeah.
1: So like bipolar, so this well, because when you think about it, like bipolar is, um, you know, you have like the super low lows and the super high highs, yeah. and some, and you know, there could be like biology for sure involved, but it's not just biology. Like we also our environment can literally change. Our biology like our dna like whenever like we suffer from trauma like our brain literally alters like like our brain is like kind of like our, our brain literally changes because of the trauma so we build up these defense mechanisms that like try to protect us but it ends up being like maladaptive so we can't really function in normal relationships does that make sense yeah so wow. like and so it's not just like one or the other so I don't. So don't get me wrong. When I say, oh, people don't need medicine. People do need medicine because medicine can help manage a lot of symptoms. But people also need like they need intense trauma work too. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, like with all that being said, like you know, being a pilot, being a cop, like you can't have like any of like history of like mental and because like, your insurance will like rat you out. <laughs> you know what I mean, and you can, oh, yeah. and like, but you can be perfectly functional, but like, they 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 just like won't let you in the force, and so, so I so I can see why like, you know, black people like we know that because it doesn't just follow us I our singleness, also follows us just because of the profession that we might want to go into, you know, and um, it can be used against us, and so it makes sense why people don't want to go, but um, yeah, I think. I think it's important to go to therapy if you feel like you need it.
2: Right, and like all those things that you just mentioned with like the history, because your theory about the Black American culture, I think, is a little a, a kind of the nail on the head a little bit. Because, hey. <laughs> um, like, do you think, like all that thing, all the things you just mentioned, all the factors that have, because even my um, dad mentioned that with UCA, which um, for those listening it's where we went to school. Um the minority like the diversity count's kind of dropping because mm-hmm. a lot of um I don't know if it's just black students, but a lot of minority students are not either not finishing or they're still yeah. apply or just not go or it's and it's a lot of factors and do you think that has a lot to do with supposed post yes. depression as well because Yes. I didn't even think about it, Um, what, like, the medical field and depending on what you want to go into and all that affecting
1: mm-hmm. you,
2: your ability to get hired, mm-hmm. uh, I totally think that, I mean, if, if you agree, let me know, or disagree, mm-hmm. um, has a factor in the post-grad depression as well because it's like, how do I get past this if they're not, yeah. what I mean, and it's kind of like, yeah. I didn't even... That, like what you just said, makes a lot of sense because um, there were two jobs I applied for, and I ended up not getting either one and got Mm -hmm. them, and actually a classmate of mine, and took the same exact classes I did, did the Mm -hmm. same exact work I did, got Mm -hmm. the job. And Mm -hmm. my mom goes, were they white? I
1: said,
2: yeah, actually, both Mm of them. Mm And I was like, oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs)
2: Because, like, my resume appealed to them enough for them to call me. And um, one of the jobs, she actually called me twice. I want to say twice, probably was once. But, Mm -hmm. like, the resume got her attention. My phone interview got her attention. She called me, and we had a full blown interview. They took me through the day. They took me to the office. I met with one of their other people in the position I was going to apply for. And yeah. everything and um I was like, Oh, okay. Cool. I went through it and then she mm-hmm. told me that I didn't get the position. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was like, Okay and then the other job again I applied through LinkedIn, they literally um replied within like an hour or two about coming in. I said, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um went through the interview process again, they walked me through the office, all that stuff, and then I find Mm. out that my classmate got the position. And I was like, Mm. okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I really hope that I'm wrong in that and hope that that wasn't a factor. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like you mentioning that, and then I'm like, me thinking about it i was like that probably is a big factor in it too um, yeah because it's like it's like how it says before like how do you get past that like if if they can't see past that how am i supposed to get past it you know
1: just, I mean? be, just like next clarity was it you feel like they they have any information about your mental health record um
2: not that i No. okay no, they or were you
1: referring to like blackness
2: yeah, I like, yeah, like the...
1: You're, okay, just being black is what you're referring to.
2: Yeah, because the mental yeah. thing, that wasn't a thing, but I was thinking, like, even... But that was also because I'm in the creative art field. But, like, right. they just... Because at that point, I mean, they really didn't, like, need that in that sense. But right, like, if you... But, like, if you mention like, if, let's say, like, a black man wants to be a cop and they see yeah. that... And Mm -hmm. he basically was diagnosed with the same thing that, um, I won't say competitor, well, competitor, I guess, that, like, another, you know, potential employee has who's not black and Mm -hmm. got, like, made a different way.
0: Mm -hmm. It's,
2: like, how are you supposed to move? If they can't move past it and that's what you want to do in life, it's, like, how do you get over the obstacle? Because that's a big Mm -hmm. factor in, like, transition and, Mm-hmm. them getting to the where they want to be and
1: be in a good place emotionally yeah, yeah 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 no I think um I think sometimes like well I I want to so we think that we can't get past it because we don't have anybody usually we don't have anyone encouraging us or like someone that we can see like oh they've been through all of this and like look how God has, like, provided for this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so I feel like there's not enough testimonials. But I can get, definitely guarantee you for sure that, like, we can get past this. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not doomed for life. It's, it's going to feel like it, and it's going to be kind of like, you know, you're really working hard for a good bit, and you're really doing things that you aren't really wanting to at the moment, but you're, like, working on your craft. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. so sometimes it does require, like, sometimes we have to just, like, work while we wait. Does it make sense? Like, yeah. and, I, and I think that's more of, like, a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I actually saw this sermon, Elevation Church, was like, talking about, like, whenever we're waiting for God to bless us in that area, then, like, we do what we can in the moment and we're, like, walking in faith. And so and I whenever I say like if you come from a pressed group of people like you cannot survive without faith in the Lord. I really don't see how other people survive. And I and I want other people of other religions like you know like I don't want to like you know invalidate them in like how they you know get through. Mm-hmm. Like just speaking from like a Christian perspective, like I don't see how I have ever um like, I, I could not get to where I am today without you guys. And just, like, walking in faith and, like, speaking life over my work situation. And also, like, praying that the Lord puts people in my corner, like, to encourage me. And, like, knowing people of, like, knowing people who have good connections that can, like, get really me set up with other people who can vouch for me. And, and even that, like, um, you know, because it, it does feel like there's, like, a lot against us. And I think even within the Black community, there's less against some people because of colorism. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or because of, like, what your name sounds like. So, like, I, um, and so I I just, like, wanted to say, like, I see how people of darker skin and, like, more ethnic-sounding names can really, like, just be overlooked a lot easier than someone, than a white-skinned Black girl named Jenny. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and I and I so I want to acknowledge that like that struggle is so real, but that's where I'm like, just have faith in who God is and like how there is nothing wrong with you and how there's just like, like the enemy is just like, and if we're gonna get spiritual here, like I really believe that the enemy just has an attack, like on people's color, and maybe it's because Jesus was a person of color. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's like a theory that I have too. But like I um but I believe that like like God always fights for the underdog. Like that's his favorite but, by the way. Like <laughs> he's always like, you know, people who are on bottom, he's always gonna make them like they're gonna be leaders and they're not followers and he's gonna put them on top and he's gonna bless them and they're gonna be living prosperous and you know what I mean? Like yeah. And um and and I, I firmly believe that with like with my whole heart. Um And so, and I think, you know, even just asking the Lord, like, hey, what are some things that, like, because, like, I I really want to stay in this particular area, is this something that, you know, that is, like, that is good for me? Like, or should I move? Like, and sometimes God is like, yeah, go ahead and move if you want to. I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he's not really saying, like, no or yes to a particular thing, but he's just like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and move and, like, I'll bless you wherever you go. You know, like, I totally mm-hmm. believe that God acts on that way also. Um, but, yeah, I think in specifically your situation, you know, I think that you have a lot to grieve right now as far as, like, just kind of, like, stuff that you've, like, internalized. Like, you know, and I wonder if, like, a lot of it comes from, like, you know, you as a kid child that kind of grew a little bit deeper as an adolescent and then maybe worked through some of it but not all of it like you know and then it kind of like triggered you a little bit as an adult you know and so then you experience like all these emotions like because that happens sometimes and um and so yeah like there's a lot of grace for you in this situation for sure I believe that the Lord like pours grace to other people and really hard um really hard seasons and so I think that like like I, I don't know, I, I guess I believe that like, you know, you should totally have a free a space to be to be you and to get to know what it's like to love like and be okay with being you. You know, and your validation doesn't come from rejection letters, acceptance letters, call phone calls, whatever, you know, like but it comes literally from like like you know that you have a place at the table because God has said that you have a place at the table. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's a hard thing to really internalize, because, like, you really have to, like, dig into, like, some hardcore myths that you've always, like, hardcore lies that you've always told yourself, or that other people have already spoken over you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. I know you weren't asking for it, but I just wanted to just say that, like, um, and uh, by the way, I don't have it all figured out. Like, Lord is still, like, Working in my life about like some lies I've been telling myself about like my own words and like you know just just identity stuff and yeah and how even like in our emotions whenever like, like people treat our emotions as like inconvenient but it's like how do you not have emotion? you know what I mean like
2: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's like we are like we're made emotional like for reasons like for connection. And, like, and also we, like, our bodies are meant to, like, protect ourselves, too. So naturally, like, we can become defensive. And, you know, like sometimes that happens. And obviously we want to be effective in our relationship. So, you know, maybe screaming at your friend and cussing her out is not going to be an effective thing that you do. But maybe taking some time by yourself to figure out, like, what has hurt you and what you want, like, what point you want to get across as far as, like, you know how to work through that problem, you know, and then talking to her later, like, I think that's, like, a better effective way to handle your emotions. Like, you validate your anger, but also, yet, you get to preserve the relationship whenever you think about the other person, how they experience you, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. like, and so, like, with all that, and mm-hmm. those are very encouraging words, and I, I highly appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, of course. But with all that said, I feel like that goes full circle. And what like you said earlier about like avoiding, because it's kind of like I forgot the guy's name in that TED talk, because he had mm-hmm. a really good point too that I mentioned. And he's like, you, it's your circle. Like what you surround, like, and this is so overrated, it's overlooked, and it's kind of not taken mm-hmm. seriously. But like really what you mm-hmm. surround yourself with really reflects on how you manage yourself and how you yeah. manage your situations and how yeah. you. Or <laughs> how how self aware are you, and how reflective you can be? Like it, right? And it's hard to do that. Alone. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, because you have nothing <laughs> to reflect off of. And um, right,
1: and we have blind spots.
2: Right, right, and it's like no one can call you out on it. You can't call yourself out on it. Exactly. And <laughs> I just think that's so like how you were explain like saying all that. It's like it seems like it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. And as, I guess, I don't know, like, cumbersome, I don't think cumbersome, but as, like, small as it may seem, like, you really have to watch what, who you surround yourself with. And yeah. to really master yourself, yeah. basically, master yourself. And um, yeah, that's just, like, I'm having, like, a mini, like, epiphany moment. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> a moment. Because it's like, oh my goodness. Like, it, and even as, as an adult, like, it's hard when to find that, like, because you kind of have yeah. like, to make it a mission for yourself because it's like you work, you do your things, you pay your bills, you go home, you sleep, right. trying not to run yourself down. And it's like right. you really have to be mindful and you really have to be picky mm-hmm. about what you do, what you put in your eyes, what you, you
1: know, what you yes. do the
2: conversations that you have, like,
1: it's, oh, my goodness, that is crazy. (laughs) Something ultra-healing that someone told me is that, like, Ariel, I know that you want to be known so badly, and I, and that is such a beautiful thing, because, like, we're meant to be known, but not everyone deserves to know you, and, like, and that just, my my mind blew, because I was just, like, I want so many friends, I want all this and all that, but, like, not everyone deserves to know my heart. Because not everyone is going to be able to care for it well. Does it make sense? Like, so, like, and when I say care for it well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, we all have our, we all make our mistakes. You know, there's times where, you know, I can be invalidating to a friend on accident just because, like, or unintentionally, just because I was having a bad day. But, like, you know, but I go back to her and, like, I show her that I do care. You know what I mean? So it's like, that kind of part, but, you know, someone who kind of just, Consistently, just has like, like, they they know like the deeper, like, vulnerable parts of you, and they, like, can see that it's very serious to you, and they can make it serious to them as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, can, um, and like, so, like, and I even think about this as far as, like, being a black woman and having, like, white friends. Like, if you don't have a heart for justice, and, like, you don't really want to know what it's like to, as, like, being a, what it's like to be a black woman and how like I experience the world differently than my white woman friend, like then, then we can't be close because a lot of my vulnerable stuff has to surround that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like, even like to that point, and it's not saying that, oh, I'll never talk to a white person ever again, but it's just saying that like I can say hi to you and like be kind to you, but, but you don't get to know things about me. And then like, Really hurt me in getting to know these things about me, you know. And, yeah. so, and so I think about like friends who, I, I guess the word that he described is such a spiritual word is life giving. And I think about just people who really just speak truth over me, and they think good things about me initially, and they want they they like me as a person, and I don't have to do anything for them for them to like me, but they just like me because they like me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to take care of all their emotional needs. That's not why they like me. They like me even if I have a grumpy day and, like, (laughs) and I end up snapping at them. Like, but they still like me. Mm They might be hurt by it, and that's my responsibility to come by and, like, you know, apologize. But, like, you know, we can truly enjoy each other's company. And, um, And I think that's, like, that's such a special relationship. And, like you said, like, it is hard to come by but like i think it's okay for us to take time to figure that out like i don't think there's anything wrong in like taking time to um to figure out like who is for you like who is going to be that the people in your circle and sometimes there are people who are in our circle that are really for us for like a season and you know and that's how that ends but like but i don't know i guess i just also trust the lord in it that like the people in my life who are caring for me right now, like, it's just as good, and I know that later, if they're not in my life, I know that there will be other people as well, you know, and so I just don't feel like I'll be at loss, like, I think there'll be some sort of loss, but I don't think I'm completely at loss, and so I just think about, like, choosing friends, like, you have to be so, like you said, you have to be picky about it, and so, yeah. Awesome, yeah,
2: that yeah. is a very, way to put it like when you said that I was just like oh wow, that's a really good way to put it because it's like how you're yeah. so right like you're just so <laughs> right like it's like you want to be known like you want to be I mean I don't say everyone's ambition is to be famous but in the so, in what we're living in today with the yeah. generations it kind of seems like everybody wants to be well known right. and it's kind of like you're trying to find validation What's right. in becoming <laughs> viral on twitter or viral on instagram and right. it's like you gotta dig deeper and you gotta find that validation for yourself and you gotta find people that can help you one and then not mm-hmm. take it away from me like you but you gotta i mean you can't you're not gonna have 5,000 best friends you probably have like one <laughs> you
1: know? right yeah well i mean even Jesus like in what like 12 disciples like there were what three that he was closest yeah. to yeah. and it doesn't mean that he cared about the others less it just meant that like those three like got to know his heart more you know and mm-hmm. like and it's just because like they were they wanted that too and so and I even think about like you know, people who want to be there like they'll be there and and sometimes you know it takes kind of having like to read through like your own like trauma history of like negative relationship you go with in the past and you're, like, fearful that, oh, no one cares about me, but it's, like, oh, just practical things that kind of got in the way, reason why they couldn't take you back, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or just, like, personality differences, like, you know, there's, always, like, stuff that we have to kind of weed through to kind of figure that out. But, like, there'll be, there's people who are for us, for sure. And, um, and there's going to be people who are, like, I really want to know your heart, and I want to be there for you whenever you're upset, and I want to um, I want to cheer for you whenever something great happens for you, you know what I mean? Like, celebrate you and not have to make it about themselves, you know, like, and so I think that that really helps with, like, the create space environment for us, which makes it ultimately, like, easier to function in this world.
0: There you have it guys thank you for listening if you made it to the end I just want to applaud you one for getting through and two I really hope that you picked up some knowledge and insight that I did and I just want to say thanks and I'll talk to you later Thank you for listening to the Workaholics Wisdom Podcast. If you made it to the end and you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button to get a new episode every month. And follow me on Instagram at Pod to get behind the scenes sneak peeks.